1: Talking about chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo, tabouli, potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil, zucchini, ziti, granola, fruit bar. look at all this beautiful food. Mm. Guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today. This bitch, what an intro. We are in for a treat. She is a television writer and producer, executive producer, creator, which is to say, she, like all of us, is very unemployed right now. (laughs) She is the creator and head writer of She Hulk, Attorney at Law. She also wrote on Rick and Morty, Silicon Valley, Robot Chicken, The Mighty Bee, Back at the Barnyard, Star Wars Detours, Kung Fu Panda, Legends of Awesomeness. And we met when she was writing on a beautiful little show called Bajillion Dollar Properties. Please welcome the one, the only, Jessica Gao.
0: Hello. I've never had someone go that deep and that far into my IMDb.
1: Oh, I go I go deep and far. That is something they say about me. Dan goes deep and he goes far.
0: And it's always about IMDb and nothing else.
1: I mean, I even if we were going to sexual innuendo, I don't even know what that means, deep and far. <laughs> <laughs> i have no i don't know i tried to make it uh sound slick but it didn't um jessica i'm very excited to have you on the pod um and i'll tell everyone why but first before we talk about our food ex escapades which we've had a many mm-hmm. um and they're usually very very alcohol filled a high yeah. octane
0: yeah it's a, you still, it's a wonder you we still... can remember any of it
1: are you still drinking? Are you still drinking? Because Of course. You, because you and I drank so much that I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if soon <laughs> one of us called the other one and was like, hey, I'm done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging I'm, up my hat.
1: I'm calling it. Um, <laughs> you guys, let's get to Jessica's fridge. You can see her fridge on my Instagram at Stand Dan. Okay fantastic fridge jessica
0: can i just say i love my fridge this is not spawn con um because as we've established i am not a podcaster but um i i have to say this is this fridge brings the specific fridge brings me so much joy on a daily basis
1: are you saying the actual refrigerator or the, the actual
0: of it? the actual refrigerator the inside actually makes me so stressed out right now because um You know, when you told me that I had to take a photo and I knew, of course, I wasn't allowed to stage it. It took like every fiber of my being to not like change a thing.
1: I'm glad you didn't stage it because this looks like a fridge that was that was staged. And it's like, whoa, no, this.
0: What? What are you talking about? It's like crammed to the gills. There's like no time or reason.
1: I love it. Okay, first of all, let's uh, let's let's start from the top. Let's we'll start from the top. We have a a beautiful medley of uh berries in yes. a from, in from a the farmers market. Word, from the farmers market because you are rich. You said that before we started. <laughs> please, um, <laughs> please mention that I'm rich and I shop at the farmers market. That's
0: how uh, I start every Zoom call. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Can you please tell everyone that I'm rich? Yes, but this is an NGO podcast. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> How is that going to save the whales? Okay. Then you have some sort of fancy pants drink here. What is this?
0: Um, I actually don't know. Somebody brought it to my house.
1: People are just bringing fancy <laughs> uh, kombucha adjacent drinks to your home. Yes. Okay. And I'm
0: not, I'm not a fan of kombucha. So it's, it just sat there.
1: Yeah, I got it. Um, next to it, we have on its side. a. Yes. Um, a little uh, tub of miso master yes. miso yes. master organic, which has a kind of maybe I don't know. It depends who makes it, but could be a little fun racist uh, <laughs> picture of a of a what looks like a Japanese yakitori chef. Yep, yep, yep. Is this your go to miso?
0: I guess I don't really. I it, it's always kind of a, r- available, so um uh, yeah. and it's very good, so I happily get it.
1: Um, yeah, what I'm realizing from your fridge is that you're not dogmatic. you're you are of Chinese descent, but you yes. are not dogmatic about Chinese ingredients because there's a big difference between Chinese miso and Korean miso and Japanese miso, and some people really go into the weeds with that stuff. Not yeah, you. You're care. like whatever's on the sale rack. I'll take. Oh,
0: it. Oh, I'm I'm chaos, Miso.
1: <laughs> These. What is this in the middle? It looks like a flying saucer. It is
0: a plate with a cover on it. With a, uh, it's a one of those microwave covers. But oh. um, if I'm being lazy and I need to put away a plate because my um, my awful husband didn't finish his food, um, hmm. I just put a microwavable cover on it and I stick it in the fridge. And so I do remember what was in here. This was some pan fried dumplings. And shockingly, he didn't finish all of it. And But he claimed he was going to eat it again in like two hours. So um, I didn't want to waste saran wrap on him. That's very Chinese of me. Um, So I just put a little microwavable cover on it and
1: shoved it in the fridge. And what is, it looks like uh, you've got some like secret documents here under (laughs) the plate. There's like five pages for some reason. It's like this is your, your, Mar-a- your Mar-a-Lago documents just
0: uh, hidden. Yeah, my my good friend Donnie asked me to hold on to a couple of folders for him. Um, I'm so glad you asked, Dan. Uh, they are uh, sheets of jamón Iberico.
1: Whoa. Yeah,
0: didn't think I was going to say that, did ya?
1: Pew, pew, pew. Shots mm-hmm. fired. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Put me in my place. Mm-hmm. Um that's pretty cool. Where'd you get sheets of how money again? She did she's she's saying it without not without saying it. Jessica's getting the residuals, everyone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This was not purchased with residuals money. I can I can guarantee that.
1: (laughs) No, no, this is this comes from the paycheck. You need to know where that iberico money is coming from. It can't just be yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: This is paycheck to
0: paycheck iberico.
1: Uh, Where did you get the Iberico from?
0: I got it from my favorite place on earth, Costco.
1: Costco's does Iberico?
0: Yes. It's not all it's just some every once in a while they'll have it. And so then that's why I buy like five of them because I'm I'm like, they're not going to, and you know, Iberico, it's cured meat, so it'll last a very long time. Yeah. But anytime I see it at Costco, I'll buy like five packages of it.
1: That is so cool. Yeah. Costco once in a while, we'll just like, but I went to my, uncle's house and he had like a five wagyu i'm like where'd you get this from he's like costco i bought like a tub of it like yeah (laughs) um it's uh it's pretty wild They're specialty stuff but that's very cool again we've talked about iberico before but for those of you new to the pod they're fancy spanish pigs that only eat acorns on the hillsides uh, you know of like galicia and uh you know they go to ibiza and they Uh they tan in the sun and they make the most delicious pork. Uh, I think I will say I will I will fire shots at every other culture's cured pork and say that Iberico wins all.
0: Oh, a thousand percent cosine.
1: Yeah, um, it's better than French charcuterie. It's better than prosciutto. It's better than uh, anything in Italy. It's better than anything in Asia. It kills everyone.
0: Yeah, it blows everybody out of the water. It's don't wild. even try. Don't even try to come for Iberico world. Yeah. The world culinary community.
1: <laughs> don't commit me with your uh, finocchioni, Italy. I don't <laughs> give a fuck about your dumb fennel pollen, you losers. <laughs> Just kidding. Love my Italian listeners. Uh, grazie. Um, over here, we've mm-hmm. got something that looks Asian. I don't know. Yeah. What, what Asian well, is that? What brand if you, of Asian If is you
0: that? look directly below it, there is an identical...
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, this looks Korean to me. Is that yes, right? It's, it's kimchi. Okay, got it. So is the top one kimchi as well? The
0: top one is like empty. Like there's just oh, okay. the a tiny bit. There's like an inch of it left at the bottom that you can't really see. And the the one at the bottom is my new replacement jar of it.
1: Oh, okay, got it. So this is the this is the old. You, this is the upgrade. This is the hot young upgrade. Yeah, yep. Is the old, yep. This is...
0: <laughs> but I like keeping the old one for when I make kimchi jjigae. Um, you know, it's better when you make it with old funky, um, kimchi and this kimchi still has, has like a lot of the juices at the bottom. And so I saved, I saved it for when I make the soup.
1: Kimchi Jiga is the, is the kimchi soup. Yeah. Uh, what is, what goes into that? I don't really know much about it.
0: Um, pork belly. I always, I always make it with pork belly. You can make it with like pork shoulder and stuff too. Mm-hmm. I always do pork belly cause I love fatty meats, um, scallions, uh, soft tofu, um, but I mean, but mainly the kimchi oh, and onions.
1: So it's just like water and kimchi juice and you just braise everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you really want to be fancy, you could make some sort of nice stock. You can make like an anchovy stock or something, but I just do water.
1: That's cool. Do you cook a lot of Korean food?
0: I cook a good amount just because I live in Koreatown. Um, yeah. and I love Korean food. So, um, I, I end up cooking a lot of Korean food. Um, probably. The same, probably maybe even more than I cook Chinese food. Really? Yeah.
1: Is Chinese food, well, we'll get to it in a minute, but like, mm-hmm. see, I tried to connect with my culture and because I cook and I was like, I don't know how to cook any Persian food. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go on a deep dive and only cook Persian food. And I started learning all the recipes and, and I realized, oh no, you need to be a grandmother who has nothing to do all day to be able to cook anything Persian. It's like grandma <laughs> cuisine. It's not like, like Italian cuisine, anyone it's very good single guy food because like, yeah. anyone can whip that up. Um, but where does Chinese food fall on the grandma scale?
0: Well, the thing is, it's there's such a wide swath of Chinese food just because China is so big and it has yeah. such a long history of like shifting borders and kind of encompassing like more and more like regions of people and different like ethnic minorities. Um, and it changes so much region to region. Um, so there is a large part of it that is grandma food, but there's also a big part of it that is it kind of just spans everything. There's a little bit for everybody.
1: Yeah, because there's like a lot of like fast food, like worker food that was like, oh, totally. Let's go, let's go, let's go.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, it's like there's like one minute like noodle bowls. There's like, you know, like fried, like uh pan fried pancakes with like stuffing. There's it's just so many different types of things. But I don't cook a lot of Chinese food. Even though I cook a lot, and I think the big part of it is because, uh, you yeah, because yourself. I hate myself. I and think because just it. my my family cooks all of it for me, and so if I need my Chinese food fix, I get it from because my, my family lives in LA. So, uh oh, yeah. So it's kind of just it's easy to be lazy and not learn because I can just go over and get it, you know. And also, yeah. my family makes incredible dumplings. That's something I rarely ever buy, order at a restaurant um, because. I've, I've yet to go to a restaurant where I think the dumplings are better than my family's dumplings. And, Mm. um, so my, they make
1: them by hand.
0: Yeah. So my parents will make, they'll have like a dumpling day, like weekly, they'll have like a dumpling day where they'll spend all afternoon, you know, grandma style all afternoon making dumplings. And they'll just like, you know, put on like a Chinese movie or something, or like one of those long running mini series. And then they'll make hundreds of dumplings, literally hundreds and freeze them all. And then just give me like just gigantic freezer bags full of frozen dumplings. My freezer, if you had asked for a photo of that, is mainly frozen dumplings.
1: No and, way.
0: Yeah, and it's great because anytime I'm hungry and I don't feel like cooking um or I don't uh or I just want dumplings, like I just pull a freezer bag out, they're raw and um and then I pan fry them or I boil them and I have an instant delicious homemade Chinese meal. Wow. Yeah.
1: How okay I didn't hear anything you said. All I was thinking was why hasn't Jessica given me one of these bags of dumplings?
0: Because they're precious. They're a precious commodity.
1: Well, uh, I'm a precious commodity.
0: That's true. Okay. Okay. You're right. Our, You know what? Our friendship is a precious commodity.
1: Not as precious as those dumplings. Apparently. <laughs> all, right,
0: all right. All right. I'll give you, I'll give you some of the famous Gao family dumplings.
1: Thank you. Um, uh, That is very nice of you. Okay. So let's go second row. We've got more kimchi. We've got mm-hmm. a bunch of leftover stuff. Some basic bitch bread. I'll di- I'll ding <laughs> you for that.
0: No, 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 no. That's Ezekiel bread. So you can't oh, call okay. Ezekiel bread basic bitch bread. Ezekiel okay. bread is more like, you know, it's health bread.
1: Yeah, it's something it's something in in between. I'll yeah, give you yeah, yeah. that's okay. It's no I went to the boulangerie and got my, you know, wild sourdough <laughs> ferment.
0: I do do that, though. When I go to the farmer's market on the weekend, I do always buy like a nice. There's the F word.
1: There's there's the (laughs) F word, everyone.
0: I buy a nice. There's two bakery booths I always go to. One, I get the nice, fancy sourdough. And the Mm -hmm. other one is a French bakery that seems to be exclusively run by young Persian men. Um, Oh, really? Yes. And they make, uh, but they make like the best, like flakiest croissant.
1: Mm -hmm. interesting i've never had a good croissant at Mm -hmm. i feel like the bread department at farmer's markets in la is usually kind of lacking yeah um maybe because everyone's gluten-free i'm not sure but uh i would love to know who these people are
0: i'll i'll find out for you i'll because i in koreatown the farmer's market you go to Uh, the larchmont farmer's market
1: oh okay so There's a, there's, I've been to that one recently. There's Mm -hmm. a woman who sells Italian stuff. She sells pasta and Italian cheeses. I've never seen more of a markup on Pecorino cheese than what (laughs) this woman is doing. I'm like, this is highway robbery. And I was like, any room for negotiation? She's like, no, if you don't buy it, someone else is going to buy it. I don't need you to buy it. Oh my My God. God damn.
0: Also love you trying to haggle.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah that's what the farmers market is for <laughs> well fuck them first of all i hate farmers markets because i get yelled at they yell at you like that you what walk by what? and they yell they're like hey you want some you want some you want to sample some soap i'm like no oh, they're alone. like
0: hawking their wares at you what yes. farmers markets are you going to uh
1: <laughs> the one in uh in in mumbai it's a very <laughs> aggressive
0: <laughs> that's that's a really far way to go
1: no, I don't know. The Melrose one, which is like kind of bougie. And they're like, just fucking yell. They're like, Hey, you want some oranges,
0: oranges, oranges, oranges. I'm oh like, my God. Oh no. I got a whole routine with the Larchmont farmer's market. I'm like in and out in like 15 minutes.
1: Oh, okay. It's great. Um, fun. I would love to go with you and you can hand yeah. me my bag of dumplings. <laughs>
0: we go. All right. I'll happily do that only for you. <laughs>
1: by the way we have another layer of iberico on yes, the third yes. row see? we're in you the third can see row it. now
0: you can see it that's the open one that's why it's separated from its friends
1: oh, okay got it yeah that mm-hmm. looks nice um you got a couple casseroles here
0: yes so that top one is a carb-free la- zucchini lasagna
1: okay who's that for
0: um, that's for me. It's just uh, because it, it cooks really quick. And sometimes I just like, I want the, you know, I, I want the, the cheesy tomato we taste and I don't want to slave over, uh, I don't want to make a grandma afternoon out of making a full lasagna. Yeah. Um, and so it's a nice quick version that I can put in. Uh,
1: um, I'll just then- tell you, I, I guess I just got triggered a little <laughs> because you said carb free and I was yes. like, okay, now are we becoming like health nuts, uh, you know, in the <laughs> fridge? No, you could, it's just a zucchini lasagna.
0: Yeah, I think that's okay. and, I, and I, well, no, if you say zucchini lasagna, that means a, a lasagna with noodles that has zucchini in it instead of meat. So I wanted to specify there were no noodles in this one. And also, don't be triggered. We just talked about how I eat, like, croissants every Sunday.
1: Yeah, you went from croissants and also I like pork belly because I like fatty meats too. Um, this is my paleo uh, <laughs> gluten-free lasagna.
0: Okay, this is okay. What's even more insane is the container underneath that is a homemade bolognese
1: <laughs> Fun. Yes. What do you make of? What's your meat mix on your bolognese?
0: I do fifty percent ground pork, fifty percent ground beef, and then of course
1: there's the um, the pancetta as well. Oh la la. hmm Love. Do you use milk in yours? Do you milk it up? Of
0: course. It's not a bolognese without a mil- without any milk.
1: Oh my God. Gal, yes. I love you. I knew you were <laughs> the right guest to have on Yeah, this and this is like
0: a six-hour sauce.
1: I've had a lot of shitty fridges lately because I've had a lot of comedians, and comedians' fridges are just... Just oh, abysmal, abysmal wastelands yeah. like it's like if you don't have to see the movie oppenheimer just go look at like <laughs> comedian's fridge and you'll see the aftermath <laughs> of <laughs> any nuclear disaster so this is so refreshing now <laughs> by the way i'm gonna go back to the top of the fridge because i left something out you have this lemon here yes a half a lemon yes that is that is sitting open side down in a little almost looks like a like a one of those measuring cup things that like you, know, you measure <laughs> it's, out sugar. it's a
0: silicone uh it's a little silicone cap for it. it's an elastic it made for this it's actually made for uh covering up containers. So like if I had a bowl or something, I could just stretch this out over the top of the bowl again instead of using saran wrap.
1: oh um, so this is like some infomercial shit
0: yes, yes. and I use the tiniest one sometimes for a half a slice of fruit
1: um does that work well
0: half a a fruit uh it works well enough if i'm gonna like only keep it in there for like a day
1: i have a lot of tupperware bottoms and i have no idea what happened to the tops so i need a solution like that uh
0: you know actually you can if you most tupperware you can order replacement lids And at the Uh. bottom, it'll tell you the size. If you look at the bottom of your Tupperware container, it'll tell you whatever the size is of that particular container. And then you just go online and order, like, you know, Pyrex, however, whatever the size is, like, you know, round lid. And you can just buy, I've done it so many times now where my lid disappears or then my lid cracks or something. Um, and I wow. just have stacks of replacement lids.
1: And the gold medal for immigrant child goes to <laughs> Jessica Gal. Your Rating parents are champion. so so proud listening to that. Can I tell you something? I'm so white when it comes to my Tupperware. This is what I do. You know what I do? Okay, here's a confession, everyone. And you can come at me. I know the environmentalists are about to get real pissed. But I, I basically just order those like, Pint things that you get, like you know, when you get like, let's say you get like soup to go at like a oh my Chinese god. You place. You order they... like
0: to go containers.
1: Yeah, I have like hundreds of them, and I use them, and then I throw them out.
0: Oh my god, I have a whole drawer of them from when I had takeout, and then I washed it out.
1: Um. Wow. No, no, no yeah. I won't wash them out. No, what I do is I throw them out, and I put a little GoPro camera on them. I poke holes in them. <laughs> I put a GoPro so that I can see the seal getting stuck inside it. Yeah. When, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When and you also love,
0: you're also rich enough where you just waste hundreds of GoPros a year.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, it's my kink. Everyone's got their thing.
0: <laughs> and you're sponsored, sponsored by GoPro <laughs> green eggs. And yeah.
1: Little do they know what I do with their GoPro. I think <laughs> once they find out, <laughs> they won't be thrilled.
0: Um. But yeah, I, I, okay. So I, when I get takeout, I wash out the containers and then I keep mm-hmm. them in a drawer. For the specific reason of when people come over and I make them a delicious meal and then mm. I offer them a to-go plate, I can use all of my little takeout containers and give them an actual to-go experience. Wow. Yeah. And That's then they amazing. don't have to worry about giving it back to me. They, right. like you, will just put a GoPro inside and throw it away.
1: <laughs> see the And <I> see <laughs> the uh, the sea turtle try to...
0: Yeah, try to eat it and try die. To, try
1: to eat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. While I, I watch it at home on my TV while I'm mm-hmm. eating some peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This is very exciting.
0: Uh-huh. In the
1: middle, smack dab in the middle of the fridge. You have a watermelon yeah. facing uh the butt side facing <laughs> us. The, the
0: what is there a butt side and a face side to watermelon? It's I round. mean, this
1: looks a little bit like a butthole, like the end. <laughs> of and by the oh way i never my God. this is this is i've never said that before this is off the cuff <laughs> this is groundlings level yeah. improvisation <laughs> this is
0: improv ladies and gentlemen this is what yeah, you pay is... for when you go to an improv show <laughs> this
1: is this is me yes ending your fridge <laughs> um but yes butthole, butthole side is facing us mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful because then you have these the green lines uh of the of the watermelon just like bringing you into it like almost hypnotizing you bringing your eye directly to it is it am i like on mushrooms or something because it's like very seems like it
0: (laughs) Uh, really does seem like that or you really have been looking at some really sad fridges with like nothing (sighs) to focus on
1: oh my god really Um,
0: yeah well i will say look the the lighting in the fridge is very flattering to this watermelon and its butthole
1: yeah it is it's kind of like because it's like dark on the outsides and then light on the inside. It's, it's
0: very like a... dramatic. It's this like soft <laughs> halo of light towards the middle, but then it's shadow all around it. You know, it's like yeah. really emerging from the darkness.
1: Yeah, it's got a beautiful filter on it. Um, <laughs> It's really nice. Um, next up Napa, yes. cabbage.
0: Love I Napa cabbage. I saw this. I love f- Napa cabbage.
1: Does anyone know why it's called Napa cabbage? Does it have anything to do with Napa Valley? Uh,
0: uh... If I had to guess, because, of course, this show is not about facts, Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, Napa cabbage is also known as Chinese cabbage. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where it originates. um, And it's a big part of Chinese cuisine. I'm going to go ahead and venture a guess that perhaps the railroad Chinese who came over, like, from between the gold rush and the turn of the century, like, a lot of them settled in, like, the Sacramento Delta area. And really, like, along with Japanese immigrants really like completely changed the agricultural landscape of California. Mm. Um, and therefore, honestly, the agricultural landscape of America. And they took, they brought a lot of their farming know-how of that type of environment, especially um, like water-based, you know, river-based kind of uh, farming. Um, and I I would imagine they probably cultivated Napa cab Chinese cabbage, um, but it is in that, you know, kind of Napa area this is my guess
1: wait a second i'm not even gonna look that up to confirm it i love that i love that reality of it it's real
0: (laughs) like i do i have done a lot of reading on um like the railroad chinese so that, Mm. that like the stuff i'm saying about the railroad chinese are are is true
1: it's also one of the reasons and this is very interesting i had a guy who was a he, he wrote a, he had a documentary about Chinese restaurants all over the world called like, it's like some, it's some Chinese expression that, that uh, translated means like, have you eaten yet? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's a, famous... a very
0: common greeting. The, yeah, the it, that's a, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, and yeah, he said part of it, part of the reason why every single small, like as a comedian, I've tried, I've been to all every state, traveled to all these little tiny towns. There's I don't care how fast foody the town is where they just have McDonald's and a Wendy's. There's always going to be a Chinese restaurant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's totally true. And it's true. like
1: there. And it's, it's fascinating how mostly because of the railroad, I think they just ended up in yeah. all these, every single nook and cranny of America. Yeah. Um, Serving up was, delicious food. Yeah. I think, I think the oldest restaurant, one of the oldest rest, still running restaurants in America is a Chinese restaurant in, uh montana Colorado. i think it's in mm-hmm. montana um and it's like it used to be like you know an opium den and yeah Chinese restaurant and it's still running um it's pretty pretty amazing chinese american chinese american culture is very fascinating food wise
0: yeah absolutely
1: okay enough fucking history
0: <laughs> people don't come to this podcast <laughs> for a history lesson
1: okay what is the sesame sauce um so there's a jar this mm-hmm. looks like chinese if i'm yes correct okay. correct so this is chinese um uh,
0: it's sesame paste and it oh, kind of goes t- hand in hand with a nap cabbage
1: y'all got tahini y'all got tahini
0: <laughs> <laughs> it i there is a difference between sesame paste and tahini Okay. Um, sesame paste is a lot uh thicker, at at least in my experience. Um, mm-hmm. so I so in Chinese hot pot, I mean, it also the sauce is also varied depending on what region of China you're from. So I'm from Beijing, which is in the north.
1: So northern. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Is more noodle based than rice based. Rice correct. based is the south.
0: It's it's noodle and dough based foods.
1: Yeah, that's why dumplings more...
0: are such a staple. Um. Right, of northern Chinese food.
1: Din Tai Fung, northern Chinese.
0: I think Din Tai Fung originated in Taiwan.
1: Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, Uh-oh. but but Uh-oh. yes,
0: like dumplings is very. I- I'm
1: not here, not here to cause an international <laughs> incident.
0: <laughs> so, with a hot pot, um, or at least the kind that I that I like to have, the sauce, the dipping sauce. Should we talk about what hot pot is? Maybe your entire yeah. audience. Okay, so hot pot. If you've ever had shabu shabu, like that's the Japanese version of hot pot. So a hot pot is basically it's think of it as fondue, but with broth. So you at your table, you would have a boiling pot of broth. um, And a lot of restaurants will have their like signature broth, you know, and you can buy like packets of the seasoning for it. And they all kind of guard their secret recipe for the broth. So you have a boiling pot of broth, and then you get all kinds of like vegetables, such as Napa, where you slice it up, um and uh and then incredibly thinly sliced meat um that you dip in you cook in the hot broth and because they're all like you know so thinly cut i mean the meat will cook in a matter of seconds right so, you know like you can put in tofu and it'll cook in like a minute you can put in like fish balls there's so many different things you can put in there and um and then you you take it out um with your chopsticks uh or with like a little tiny scoop and you dip it in your little dipping sauce, and then you eat it, and it's delicious. The dipping sauce that I'm used to is sesame paste, Chinese barbecue sauce, a little bit of sesame oil, some um, soy sauce. Uh, that's like the simple base, the simplest base of it. I mean, some people like to put in, like, chopped cilantro, or they might mm. want to put in some, like, fermented bean curd. Like, there's a lot of variations of, you know, people put chilies in there or, like, minced garlic um, but the base the base sauce is sesame paste Chinese barbecue sauce sesame oil and soy sauce
1: yeah delicious and I like to pit Asians against other Asians food wise I like Mm -hmm. to start beef and I've said very famously on this podcast that I think Japanese soups ramens uh, kick Korean soups asses gotten a lot of shit for it
0: well look why do you have to pit all of these people against each other why are you sowing discord and division
1: oh i'm sorry um (laughs) the east gave us iron chef okay (laughs) which is basically pitting people up against each other i'm i'm just taking it from the culture uh and i will say chinese hot pot beats shabu shabu any day of the week
0: yeah okay well okay if I am totally for pitting these cultures against each other as long as Chinese is the winner. <laughs> uh,
1: you definitely win there. I mean Chinese fucking always wins because everything basically comes from Chinese cuisine. Like Thank
0: you, that's so true.
1: It's like literally everything has a base in Chinese cuisine and it's like that's why I'm like, you know, whenever I when people are like, "Oh, you're culturally appropriating this food." I'm like Everything came from China. If you want to if you want to play the cultural appropriation game, then any of, everything we eat has to g- we need to give credit to China before we talk about it. <laughs> like churros basically are are a a bastardization of a of a Chinese thing. I mean it's like everything comes from fucking China.
0: Yes, it's true. And so I take full credit for every country's cuisine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm not even going to make it do a deep dive on who came up with the sesame paste first, China or, <laughs> or the Middle East. Cause I know the, I know what the answer is going to be. It's always China.
0: I do love like seeing the kind of like similarities between like some sort of base foods between like d- different cultures. Like it's, it's such a, it's, it's just so fun tracing like, Oh, where did the historical interaction come from? Or was it like, a shared region at some point, you know, like all of that is like very fun.
1: It is very fun. It seems like the one food that hasn't really made its way or that didn't come from China and also hasn't really made inroads in China. Correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, cheese, dairy, cheese, that type of thing.
0: Yeah, it's it's just not big. It's not a big part of uh, Chinese cuisine.
1: I wonder, though, if that's, you know, how like the nouveau, the nouveau riche in China like they get into very like they all love Bordeaux and their mm-hmm. and and steaks and you know love getting yeah. into sort of western fancy western foods. I wonder if they i wonder if the they're they're starting to develop a the palate for like a fancy stinky cheese,
0: probably, but they have to contend with such a high rate of lactose intolerance,
1: yeah, that's true, and that's thankfully,
0: true. I'm very thankful that. I'm Chinese but not lactose intolerant and I have the enzyme to, as you've seen to digest alcohol. I don't get the I don't get the flush or anything like that.
1: No, and I don't think I've ever been with anyone who drinks as much as you do and stays as in control as you do. I feel like when you and I go drink for drink, I I turn into a slurring muppet <laughs> and you're like you're like reciting sonnets like you you, you still have it all together.
0: I, yes, it's very, very rare that, um, that I get drunk. Like I think I can count on two hands, the amount of times I've been drunk in my life. Oh my um, God. but I am, I'm a pretty controlled drinker. Like, cause I do have a high tolerance. Um, the only time I get into trouble is if I drink on an empty stomach. And I would say half the time that I've been drunk was because I drank on an empty stomach. Uh, mm. but if I had a full meal, I can drink all night long, but when it does happen, it's a fucking nightmare. Like I can feel, and it happens so quick. Like one minute I I am reciting sonnets and talking about the history of Napa Cabbage in California, and I can feel the change happening. And when I start feeling the change happening, I know that I have 10 minutes before I'm just out of control, like a maniac. So yeah, so it's gotten to the point where, like, when I feel the change, the few times that it's happened, when I feel the change, I basically go to my husband and I say, we have to leave right now. And oh my he god! Like 10 minutes to get me to safety or else I might start
1: puking. By the way, this was the pitch for She-Hulk. You were
0: like, <laughs> yep, I yep, have
1: this yep. thing where I turn into a different human being.
0: Yeah, where I turn into a, a pukey, psychotic <laughs> human <laughs> being.
1: Wow, that was the craziest pitch ever. Give her a show. <laughs> 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 well, look, amazing fridge. I'm very, very impressed by it uh Thank i give you. you kudos you will you will get a good rating I'm not quite sure what it is yet i don't like to say it on air but um oh boy you will although the last person pay Pe, uh uh on benifaz uh actor he uh he he was our only 1.0 that was ever given
0: wow you
1: got a literal fucking one damn no you will you will do well i promise You'll be in the eights at least.
0: I better, or else, whether or not you get a bag of frozen dumplings hangs in the
1: balance. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you know I'm addicted to influencing. I'm addicted <laughs> That's to true. influencing. You
0: really are. You really are. So
1: I will. <laughs> That's all you had to say. 10.0, everybody. Oh, 10 boy. Oh.
0: And you know oh what? I, I still feel like I earned it.
1: No, it's a it's a great fridge. It will not get a 10, but it'll get enough of a score that will earn me uh the dumplings and you'll feel okay giving them to me
0: all right to be to be discussed off air
1: um Gao, where did you grow up
0: i was born in china and then i came to la when i was four there was a, a brief year where then they sent me back to the old country but yeah. when i was like seven or eight uh but what was mostly... that
1: about we're like let's try again she might she I might be i mean kind it.
0: of like really well the party line i got was that they really wanted me to Cement the Chinese, you know, like they wanted. They wanted me to go to school there, learn how to read and write. They were also afraid that because I was going to school in America and I was speaking a lot of English, that I would lose the language, you know. Yeah. I will say when I came back from my first of all, we grew. I grew up in the San Gabriel Valley, which is like all Chinese people. There's like a Chinese school every two blocks, so didn't really have to be that drastic. (laughs) Um, And when I came back after one year. My parents' house had all these framed pictures of them going on amazing vacations all year. So I think they just took a break.
1: Hilarious. How is your Chinese? It's perfect. Really? Uh,
0: Yeah. I like when I go to China, when I speak, people think, people don't think I'm American. They think I'm a local, but I'm a functioning illiterate because I only went to first grade in China. So, and also it's one of those things where you lose it if you don't use it, you know, uh, because reading Chinese is pure memorization there's no like phonetic alphabet where you learn this and then you can put it so you're literally memorizing every single character and so when you look at a word you either know it or you don't there's no like yeah. sounding it out and and I only learned enough words for first grades and then never used it again so I mean I can t- I still I text with my parents in Chinese but it's like very basic stuff you know right I mean I only speak Chinese with my family so
1: Mandarin uh, or Cantonese Mandarin all right, can I practice? Oh boy. <laughs> you ready for this? Oh god. It's going to get it's going to get fast and furious real quick. Well, you
0: are a polyglot, so I feel like you are, you pro- <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you actually were very good at it.
1: Here we go, ready? Ni hao. That's that's it. That's not the response. We're having a conversation. Ni hao.
0: Ni hao.
1: is Dan.
0: Oh, Ni What the de Jessica.
1: Oh. Uh, ne me?
0: Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> oh that's a little forward
1: <laughs> oh damn what happened <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well what happened is um I just uh clinched a sexual harassment lawsuit against you <laughs> And now I can go to the farmer's market every day.
1: Wait a second. I can deny it. I was taught that that means uh, thank you for having me over. (laughs) (laughs) And has that
0: phrase been helpful to you?
1: Um, yes, I'm actually not allowed to travel uh to <laughs> anywhere any Asian that's...
0: country, any Asian <laughs> country.
1: Any, any Asian. Somehow I got an Asian ban. Just any <laughs> Asian country. Yeah,
0: the International Alliance of Asian countries, like yeah. issued a statement.
1: I learned that in uh, high school. There was a, a Chinese student who taught me that. And uh it basically means what I said was hi, my name is Dan. Um uh you're, you're beautiful. Very uh-huh. I love you. Mm -hmm. and can I feel your boobs yes and I just want to say it was a different time Jessica
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will say for like just as I, I here's the thing Chinese is a tonal language so unless you get the tones exactly right it's very hard to understand what someone is saying and so it's always impressive when someone is able to uh pronounce things enough where you can actually understand so just as I knew you would you did great
1: Oh my God, thank you. Am I still getting sued?
0: (laughs) Oh, still, yeah, obviously.
1: Well, guess what? Napa cabbage has absolutely nothing to do with Napa Valley. In fact, the cabbage was around way before Napa Valley was even a thing. Napa cabbage's story begins over two millennia ago in the rich and diverse soils of China. Ancient farmers recognized its crispy texture and mild flavor, and it soon became a staple in Chinese cuisine. Its name, Napa, is derived from the colloquial term Napa, N-A-P-P-A, used for various types of Asian leafy greens. The cabbage soon hopped over to the Korean peninsula and Japan, where it quickly found itself embraced by these culinary cultures. Korean cuisine made Napa cabbage a star ingredient in its beloved dish, kimchi. The Japanese incorporated it into various dishes, including pickled delicacies and hot pots. In conclusion, Napa cabbage... Has absolutely nothing to do with Napa Cab, even though it sounds very similar. Okay. All right, let's get to the questions. Okay. Questions that I ask every guest, starting with, "What is your earliest food memory?"
0: I have two early food memories I would love to share. Please. And both have to do with being a little immigrant kid.
1: Okay.
0: One was when I came to America when I was four and started going to preschool here. I remember very distinctly like kids at school being like, usually like non-Asian kids at school who are like, oh, I hate vegetables. And also seeing it on TV, like it was such a trope that like kids are like, I hate vegetables. you Yeah. And it was such a Weird concept to me because I was like, it's, because in Chinese cooking, it's not like vegetables aren't a thing that you have to eat. You know, vegetables are treated like its own dish that still needs to have flavor brought out. And, you know, it's like, it's the same as anything else. And so to me, it was so arbitrary to be like, I don't like vegetables. Mm. And then I started getting school lunches. And I was like, Oh no, this is what, this is what people think vegetables are. Like, this is terrible. And then the, my other memory was, you know, because I only ate Chinese food, um, like white food was so exotic to me because I have such a distinct memory of in preschool, getting a taste of a bologna and cheese sandwich on white Mm. bread. And Mm. I, I was like, my mind was blown. I was like, what is this? incredible, delicious food. This is
1: sorcery. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is like, I'll, I'll do anything for another bite. I'll do anything. Like It was, I couldn't believe it. And I go home and talk, tell my parents about this incredible thing that I ate. And I, and I would ask for it at home and they had no fucking clue what I was talking about. And, but I would not shut up about it because I just yeah. desperately wanted it again. You know, I was like feeding for it. And finally my parents were like, okay, fine. Let's try to like recreate this. So then uh, they take me. So we then we go to a white supermarket, you know, and they're yeah. like, OK, tell us what's in it. But I'm a child. So I don't even know what bologna is. I don't even know if it's meat, you know. And so I'm like, OK, well, we need bread. We need bologna. But I don't know what bologna is, you know. And then yeah. I was like, and then there's a slice of cheese. But my parents have zero experience with cheese. So we go to like the, you know, the little, little cheese display. And they're like, OK, well, which one is it? There's like 20 of them. And so I was like, okay, think gal, what's the cheese? What's a cheese? And I remembered in cartoons that, you know, cheese has holes in it. Like you uh-huh. in cartoons, you always see like a slice of cheese with holes in it. So I was yeah. like, I know for sure that's cheese. So then oh my God, I got them buy me a package of sliced Swiss cheese. And um, long story short, what I ended up with was a slice of white bread, a slice of Swiss cheese and a hot dog.
1: Oh my God. Hilarious.
0: And that was still good, but it wasn't bologna.
1: No, it's not bologna, but it's still it's still pretty good. That sounds pretty yeah. fun. That's a good earliest food memory. Um, I also just wanted to clarify when Jessica says it was a white supermarket, she did grow up in the antebellum south. So this was <laughs> a whites only supermarket. <laughs> Uh, okay, your death row meal. So you're on death row. Let's think of a reason that Jessica is on death row. Okay, how about after the podcast, mm-hmm. um, I do research about your Napa cabbage. Fun fact, and I'm yeah. and I come over to get my dumplings, and I'm like, oh, by the way, uh, you were wrong. It has nothing to do with China. There's no China. It was literally just a Napa Valley thing. Like Robert Mondavi made these uh, <laughs> this cabbage, and you were totally wrong. And then you were like, no. And then you grab that last little bit. The little half an inch of uh, kimchi, of kimchi juice. juice and, like, chloroform me in the face. Yeah.
0: But I screamed no because I was like, the world can never know this. Like, <laughs> right. I have to protect <laughs> my secret, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the honor of my people.
1: You yeah. murder me. As much sympathy as the court has for your plight, you're now on death row. Okay. What? What is your death row meal?
0: It's rough because I would, I mean, I'd be the biggest pain in the ass because I'd want to curate a meal with like every element would be like my favorite from a different place, you know, Mm. like, well, first I'd want like a, a, a small A5 Wagyu steak. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably want, uh, some sort of fried chicken, right? Currently my favorite fried chicken is the Szechuan fried chicken from Intercrew in Koreatown.
1: Whoa, wait, tell me about that.
0: Oh. It's so good. It's so 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 good. It's just nice and moist, but you know, delicious uh, Szechuan season breading served with chilies and cilantro on top.
1: So you're you're getting numbed out by this a little bit.
0: It's not super numbing, but it's it's just great.
1: Oh, I love it. It's What's delicious. the name of the place? Intercrew. Intercrew. Intercrew.
0: It's named after. So in the '90s, there was like an Asian club called inner crew and um and this restaurant is paying homage to to that
1: uh i was gonna say it sounds like a teen girl clothing store
0: right yeah yeah (laughs) but it's uh it's delicious
1: wow fun okay Um, so we have the a5 we have the fried chicken you're gonna die of cholesterol before the electric chair gets to you what else yeah what do
0: i care you know i'll just stuff myself with all kinds of stuff like i probably want some jenny's ice cream Mm. One of my favorite flavors that was only seasonal and they've never brought back is called sun popped corn.
1: Interesting. Is it more popcorn or corny?
0: Corn, which I love. It's very sweet corn. It almost is like uh, corn pops ice cream.
1: I think that corn is one of those foods. You know, a lot of people say about peaches Mm -hmm. that there's nothing better than a fresh peach. So like anything you put a peach in, it's not going to be as good. I think corn is the opposite. I like corn. But when Mm. I have corn that's been processed in some way, if it's in a pasta, if it's in an Mm. ice cream, Uh the flavor of corn is enhanced so much by zhuzhing it or like a corn souffle I had once that was delightful. I think
0: corn is just great in all forms, like a perfect ear of corn love and Mm. anything. But I agree with you, like corn flavored things almost always delicious.
1: Yeah, the best.
0: I recently made a sweet corn mochi cake
1: that i think Whoa. really enjoy yeah wait way to bury the lead gal i love this is <laughs> this is becoming gal mentions foods that dan will never have that's what this episode is and yeah it's, yeah it's, yeah
0: i love her- to be withholding like any good chinese woman i love to be withholding <laughs>
1: <laughs> join my only fans and you can have my corn mochi too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would want a nice big fat slice of red velvet cake.
1: Mm, give it to me.
0: Yeah. Probably a chocolate milkshake. Um, let's see. What else? I don't know. Some sort of some sort of pasta. Oh, you know what? I'd want the papardello fumo from Osteria Mama.
1: Whoa, what's the El Fumo? What is like smoky papardelle?
0: Yes, and it's a it's a pink sauce, and it has um, I want to say it's guanciale,
1: but maybe it's pancetta. Fun. Mm-hmm. It's I very go to, very good. I want to go to jail with you.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's com- have a let's, great time.
1: Let's commit a double homicide.
0: Yeah, and I'd want because you know of course the jail has to give us whatever we want. Oh, you know what? I'd want the bread and butter from Gwen, and then mm. I'd want a little sushi set curated by Chef Nozawa.
1: Whoa!
0: Yeah, this is gonna be a very expensive last meal, and they have to do it because it's my last meal.
1: <laughs> Omg, um, <laughs> that is that is a very good last meal. I'm I'm with you the whole way. Yeah, um, I, and I'm almost. Thing,
0: I'm gonna beat them at their game because then I'm gonna eat myself to death so that they yes. can't kill me.
1: I'm almost hoping that you actually do end up on death row <laughs> so that I can see this happen. This is exciting. Um, what's the best high end meal you've ever had? And I'm gonna also. Uh, asterisk, asterisk, mm-hmm. asterisk yes. this yes. by saying lately Dana Dute's favorite high-end meals slash tasting menus are Chinese tasting menus. What? The upscale Chinese experience of tasting menus to me is way more exciting and interesting than like the... um you know, traditional French or american ones. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a fun experience. But anyway, I don't want to cloud your judgment. What is your best high-end meal?
0: It's hard to say, honestly, because I feel like, I off, like I'll have a fancy high-end meal and I'll be like, that was great. And then the next time I have another one, I'll be like, no, 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 that was the best. And yeah. it's just truly like whatever was most recent to me is what I remember the most fondly.
1: Okay, give it to me
0: um i a couple months ago i went on my honeymoon and mm-hmm. um and we were in hawaii we went we were in honolulu and the driver who picked us up from the airport gave me a bunch of food recommendations all bangers all of his wrecks and he had us go to this, this restaurant called um Muro kaimuki okay and it was tasting menu only But with like a ton of add-ons. And it was just a wonderful, delicious meal. One of the add-ons we got were these um, three brioche toasts. And one had seared ahi. Perfect, delicious, buttery fish. Um, Mm. One was caviar. And one was Japanese uni. Mm. And it was just incredible. It was like one of the best things I've eaten in recent memory. No way. But we've also established that my memory for... Tasting menus is very short.
1: Right, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're like, um, uh, my favorite one was probably at Jones on 3rd this morning. <laughs> had a <laughs> egg sandwich <laughs> served in one course. <laughs> uh, what is the best low-end meal you've ever had?
0: Mm, well, here is a meal that I don't think should qualify as low-end, but it only qualifies in the sense that it's not high-end. So... Mm. A few years ago, I took my husband to China and he'd never been to China. And okay. um, and we, you know, ran all around the country and it was a very like well curated experience because both my parents are travel agents.
1: Right. Oh, cool. Amazing. And
0: so we went to, you know, as a part of South uh, West China, Yunnan. And, you know, most of a big part of China is very agricultural. And yeah. so, I mean, all throughout the country. There's just, you know, like rural areas. There's just a lot of small family farms, you know, like that's just that's a way of life that you can actually live, you know. Yeah. And um, what's been happening is a lot of these farmer families, um, their version of like a, a bed and breakfast is they'll build like guest houses, additions to on their property and you can go and stay there. And then they cook all of your meals for you using stuff they grow.
1: Oh, fun! It's like a Italian yeah. uh, agriturismo. Yes, right totally.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And um uh, and like you know it, it caters to like domestic tour, like like people in China, like from cities, will like do this. And so when we were in Yunnan, um, uh, we had family friends there, and they were like, oh, well, we're really friend, we're really good friends with this one like farming family, so we'll just call them and say we're gonna go eat, we're not gonna stay there. And so they called ahead. We went for dinner, and they prepared this like. 10 incre- incredible like 10 course meal that they've been working on all day and it was wow. one of the best meals I've ever had in my entire life and they grew everything it was like the garlic they used they grew like there were two different mushroom dishes and they were like oh yeah we forged these mushrooms this morning when we were taking the goats out like literally everything they um was from their farm and it was just the most deli- like the freshest I mean you can't get a fresher meal you know like literally amazing farm to table at the farm.
1: I just want to. I just want to clarify to everyone listening wondering if Jessica is actually uh, very uh, rich or not, that her best high-end meal and her best low-end meal are both ten-course tasting menus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Most people are like, "Oh, uh, the Taco Bell chalupa." No, Jessica, <laughs> it's another ten-course tasting menu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, look, I just, that's why I had to specify. I don't know. I don't think this counts as low, low end, but compared to the high end, it is.
1: I love it. No, that's, that's delightful. Um, What is your favorite drunk food?
0: Well, as we've already established, I'm very rarely drunk. So, yeah. and usually by the time I'm drunk, I throw up within 10 to 15 minutes and then pass out. So there is no drunk food in my life.
1: That's sad.
0: I know. And then weirdly, I also don't get hungover. But probably because I rarely am drunk.
1: You and alcohol have a real will they, won't they?
0: I know, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who's your favorite celebrity food personality?
0: This is disappointing, but I don't have one because I don't really follow celebrity chefs. Like, I'm actually Mm. not like a cooking show.
1: Sorry, but uh, you're literally talking to one right now. (laughs) So that really hurt where you're like, no, no one does it for me. Yeah, not no one, does one, it for one me. of these food personalities.
0: <laughs> and you know what? In fact, I hate
1: food food personalities.
0: <laughs> They're all awful.
1: There's awful things going on in the world. Now I got to listen to this guy talk about how good the food is. <laughs> Fuck these people. <laughs> I do watch a lot of Great British Bake Off, I will say. Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I didn't. People fucking go nuts for that show.
0: Yeah. I,
1: I, I, I'm having lunch today with the creator of uh, "Is It Cake?" By the oh way. Oh my god! Yeah, dropping names. Dan mm-hmm. Cutforth. See you soon, buddy. Well, now,
0: now it makes sense why you had a you uh, insisted we push up this Zoom.
1: <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> um, okay, what is your desert island food? You're trapped on a desert island. Uh, one food you're going to eat for the rest of your life. You're never going to get tired of it.
0: Uh, I think it'll probably be either soup. Like uh, there is a specific like Mexican slash South American soup that I love.
1: Which one? Like a pozole type thing? No,
0: uh, it's called cocido. And it's brothy. It's made with beef and tons of vegetables. You serve it with a side of Spanish rice. Mm. I make it all the time. It's delicious. It's you make it with like beef oxtail wow. and um short rib and whatever. And or if you want, you could pat it out with like cheap cuts of meat. But as we've established, I, I eat wealthy. So yeah. I I of I like course it. populate my soup with oxtail and uh, which didn't always wasn't always an expensive cut. It was supposed to be a cheap cut until the That's whites. The worst. It. Yeah. The whites. <laughs> the whites. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and a lot of short rib.
1: Yeah, that is. I like how you eat. You eat richly. Jessica's the only person to have gotten gout when she was four years old, by the way. Um, <laughs> she was a toddler. She was a toddler with a throbbing toe.
0: <laughs> I did have such high cholesterol at age 23. I had to go on medication.
1: No. <laughs> I love it. You go hard. You go I, hard in the pain.
0: Look, I, I love life. What can I say?
1: Yeah. 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 No, I'm with you. But is there something that you don't love? Is there a food that you can't stand eating?
0: There's a drink
1: that I don't love. Ooh, I can't
0: stand the taste of root beer. It makes me gag, wow, yeah, I love root beer
1: it's It's the
0: most disgusting taste to me,
1: Wow. I mean, I could yeah. get that. That makes sense to me. I could see some people having an aversion to it,
0: but there's nothing else that I hate. like, um, and also over the years, there's been a lot of things where I was like, I don't care for it, and now I'm like, you know what? I'm into
1: it. I feel like the older we get, we get into way more bitter flavors than we ever did when we were younger, like. I'm like espresso, no sugar, nothing. Put it in yeah. my veins. Oh, you know what? Chocolate.
0: I don't like coffee. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't drink coffee. I've never gotten into coffee. I don't like it.
1: I mean, you are a tea people.
0: <laughs> That's true. But um, I, I also just don't drink any caffeine.
1: No way. This is just you, high on life.
0: <laughs> this is me. Can you imagine if <laughs> there was caffeine when no. I drink tea? I only drink naturally caffeine for your herbal teas.
1: Wow. You're like, yeah, no caffeine. Just one little hit of meth in the morning. Keeps me going. Like like
0: everyone else, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's time for my favorite question. Last question. What is or are your restaurant pet peeves?
0: Well, systemically, my restaurant pet peeve is the tipping system in America in which Mm. we don't, where restaurants do not pay their workers a living wage. And Mm -hmm. then instead put the put that uh, financial responsibility on the customer, but make it optional so that people so that wait staff are at the mercy and whim of customers and they're never guaranteed that money, which I think is complete and utter bullshit and really sucks. And wait staff should just get paid well enough where they can actually live. And it's like then built it into the cost of the restaurant. Like charge that, like make the cost of the menu enough so that you can actually pay your wait staff well.
1: And I especially hate the middle ground area where they're like, there, there's a five percent service charge for the back of the house. I'm like, yeah. shouldn't why don't you pay the fucking back of the house? Yeah. Build it into the cost. More. Yeah, just yeah. charge, charge more for
0: everything yeah. and pay everybody.
1: I'm with you, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I don't know enough about the finances about that stuff, because it's also like, well, you look at like people who work at a clothing store, they're getting paid on commission. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if it's like the commission system. It does also mess up. It ruins the dining... Not ruins, but if again, if you compare it to Europe, it's like, you can sit at a table in Europe for fucking three hours, and they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Because they're not like turning turnin', turnin yeah. and burning. Because they're not getting paid by the person, necessarily. Yeah. Um, Which makes the experience... for me a lot more enjoyable i know for a lot of americans it's like infuriating they're like why is my water never here like fill up my water and it's like no it's a lot more relaxed system like it's just like you're there you're hanging out yeah but uh yeah i mean uh i'm with you though tipping is very it's a it's an annoying dance and also the other i'm gonna give it the other thing the other way around is when when you go to a restaurant that you have to stand in line, you have to Mm -hmm. order, you have to grab your food, you have to bring it to your table, you have to bust your food, or they give you, if you want to go, they just drop the box off at your table and you gotta fill up the box, the to-go box yourself. And then they have the gall on their little iPad to have three options, 20%, 22% or 25%. I'm like, I did everything here. <laughs> Short of cooking the fucking food, I did everything.
0: Oh, man. It's a fuck system. It's so stupid. I hate it so yeah. much.
1: That's why you cook at home so much.
0: It's true. It's true. I do love a good restaurant experience, though. And um, yeah. But I also have, like you know the the churn and burn like i do have a little bit of anxiety of like if i'm at a busy restaurant like as soon as we're done like and everybody else wants to linger i'm like we we gotta go because they have to they have to turn over this table like we can't be sitting here you know
1: yeah i get that i'm a little bit like that too you got to be a little self-aware of what's going on at the place
0: yeah yeah like if the place is half empty then i'm like i don't care like they're not going to care if we sit here for another half hour but yeah if there's like you, you can see people waiting like for a table. Like I yeah. just can't, I can't focus and I can't relax.
1: Well, Jessica, you just left it on a very sad note because. Oh no. I thought this was such a positive, fun episode and people get to see how excitingly delightful you are. But then you ended it by saying, because if the restaurant is half empty, not half full.
0: Oh, my God. Well, empty. you know what? Turn that mirror back around on yourself, because maybe your last question shouldn't be about restaurant pet pee- shouldn't be about <laughs> someone's biggest complaint.
1: It's true. I get people all riled up, and I'm like, all right, see you later. Thanks. For- <laughs> yeah,
0: have a good day. <laughs> Time to go to lunch.
1: Uh, Jessica, tell the people where they can find you, where they can find your work, all that stuff.
0: Don't find me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> leave me alone you're leave not getting alone. you're not getting my dumplings
0: <laughs> yes it's true i'm just a uh, very very inactive on social media so there's no point don't find me but <laughs> i don't really post you know um so i'm sorry i mean but you can watch she hulk on disney plus
1: yeah oh she just like created and wrote a fucking show so you can go watch that
0: yeah so like no
1: big deal. <laughs> Look how dumb social media has gotten us. Where you're like, well, I don't really have anything, really, because I'm I don't tweet, but I do have a TV show that I made. <laughs> in case you want to, in case you want to see that body of work. But my apologies for not giving a play by play of my dumb life.
0: <laughs> it's true. So when I do eventually give dumplings to Dan and or murder him because of napa cabbage related politics, you'll never know. Never. <laughs> I w- certainly won't be tweeting about it.
1: I know it'll be like she, uh, she's the she. Someone who murdered Dana dude will never be caught because she doesn't have social media. That's all it's gonna take is just don't fucking sign up for any social media, and you can murder everyone.
0: Yeah, that's that's the one takeaway from this episode that I hope everyone <laughs> walks away with.
1: Yeah, everyone's like, what are you gonna do, Twitter or Threads? Do neither, and then you can kill all the people. Okay, see, is
0: that a, that's a good note to end on.
1: That's a great note to end on. Thank you so much, Jessica. This was as (laughs) delightful as I knew it would be. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s.